Hey folks, this is Glenn Mann and welcome to an all new episode of The Man From New York Podcast. Now, the title for this episode is called Welcome Back to Fun City? Now, what is Fun City? Uh, many New Yorkers will understand that term, but those outside of New York who may not be familiar with it. Uh, Fun City was a term uh, that came to be during very turbulent times in New York City. Uh, particularly Mayor John Lindsay, who uh, on his first day as mayor, the city went through a transit strike and he was asked a question about the state of the city and he said uh, it's still, still a fun city, something like that. And of course, this sort of became sort of a mocking moniker of the state of affairs of New York. And in many ways, it also came a term of perfection. Many businesses took the name Fun City. In fact, growing up as a kid, there was a restaurant in my neighborhood uh, called Fun City, which had the best French fries ever. Like, to this day, I don't think I've ever tasted French fries as good as the ones that were made at, at Fun City Restaurant. And so Fun City was a term that sort of was an umbrella for everything happening in New York, right? From uh, economic uncertainty and racial and social unrest and the city almost going bankrupt, the Bronx is burning, all these things, this period of time. And the reason why I say uh, or ask, uh, you know, welcome back to Fun City, because New York right now is going through some really uh, tough, difficult times. Of course, we are dealing with the impact of COVID-19. Also, we are dealing with some unprecedented violence, unfortunately, in the past few weeks. Uh, a huge number of shootings uh, this weekend in New York, or the 4th of July holiday weekend. Uh, there were a lot of fireworks that were not fireworks, but gunfire. A lot of, uh, kind of tragedy in the streets in New York City. And so that's why I ask, welcome back to Fun City, meaning are we entering a long-term stage of New York City being a place of crisis and uncertainty and sort of just anything could happen at any time and no one knows for sure there's a lot of turmoil though uh this reacting to what's happening as far as the shootings and, and the, the, the crime that's being reported uh you have the, the brass of the police department uh commissioner and the chief saying the reason why this is happening is because of you know bail reform laws that took place before the pandemic and of course uh, the court systems being impacted you have the, I think the court system pushing back against that you have the governor of New York pushing back against the idea that the new sort of police reform law signed into place uh, particularly banning a chokehold which look I find that but Kind of particularly ridiculous and offensive. Uh, the implication that somehow uh, not being able to like snuff somebody out in the streets, uh, you know, is, is somehow that's the reason why we've had these uh, these shootings and these acts of violence. That's really ridiculous. And you know, the mayor who you know is the mayor. And I will say this: what we have right now is a crisis on many levels. But the source of that crisis, the main crisis, is the lack of leadership uh, in this town. And it's just, of course, the mayor, he's the top guy. So it starts with him. But it's from, from everything, from the mayor to the police department, uh, to members of the city council, to, to everywhere. 
everywhere you go, it doesn't seem anyone who seems to be trying to push all of this together in one direction, right? Everyone has seemed to chosen their respective sides or not sides at all, being very quiet. And look, New look, this podcast is called Man from New York, right? I'm a New Yorker, born and raised in this town. I love this city. And this city has gone through so many things. And the city that we live in now, that, you know, that we all the past few years, we've all kind of marveled and said, look at New York City, uh, the, the greatest big, safe city uh, in the world. And look at sort of the and economics of the, all these brand new buildings, even though underneath that is the story of gentrification and the people not being able to afford to live in the city. But New York has, and as a, as a nation, has underwent this unprecedented economic expansion since the Great Recession. Uh, New York City, for the most part, have done well. Has done well. Now, has everyone shared in that uh, that blessing? Has everyone got a piece of that pie? Uh, no. But, and you talk about gentrification, or you talk about all these things happening. One of the things, or one of the reasons why all this has been possible is because the historically low crime rates that we've seen, which, uh, for the most part, there's always been kind of debate why exactly happening, especially when we saw other cities have sort of big reductions, but also didn't keep them. So I was in New York able to sort of go on this historic uh, run. Uh, even, you know, Mayor de Blasio, when he took office, there were people, opponents of his, who said, well, if the mayor becomes the mayor, it, the, the crime rate is going to go right back to what it was back in the 90s or even back in the 70s, whatever. And in fact, the numbers continue to go down. So why exactly is that? You can ask many people and they give you different reasons. But the reason is being a safe city gave us license uh, for many different things. And so if you don't have safety, if you don't have public safety, then you, you don't really have anything. If you don't have peace of mind, if people don't feel safe, not only in their neighborhoods, but in their own homes, like they don't feel like their safety, they're safe in their living room watching TV or in their bedroom reading a book because a bullet might come through or something else. So there's a, you know, the city is in a very precarious position right now, which is nothing new. New York has been in precarious positions many, many times through its history. And as long as there is a New York, it would be at times where there would be precarious positions. But this is very interesting because of so much that is happening around us, around the world. Things that we don't have control over. Look at COVID-19, right? New York has done a good job of, they say, flattening the curve, reducing hospitalization rates. But COVID-19 is burning like a wildfire across the country. Particularly places like Texas and Florida and Arizona, where you have political leaders who decided that they could just ignore it. Like, they could just... Uh, do what they want, right? And so now we've seen, we have a federal government, we have a, a White House, which basically is kind of just gave up and said, oh, well, there's a pandemic, then yeah, just get over it. So there are a lot of factors happening in here, but I do know, uh, I think it's important for New York, not only for New Yorkers' sake, but I think for the sake of the country to try to set an example and lead the way as we deal with so many issues of trying to not only restore the peace, but make a more equitable society. Now, in other news happening, 
It was announced at Harvard University, and I'm going to say it like that, Harvard University uh, is going to be doing classes only online in the fall, right? Because they don't want to spread uh, germs and, and viruses uh, in the fall in, in their universities. Probably also a lot, a, lot of, a lot of legal liability for that. And so there's a lot of talk uh, about, you know, everything that's trying to reopen. But Harvard University basically kind of said, oh, no, not happening. As we see sports trying to come back, um, I'm, I'm going to be very uh, surprised if the NBA and Major League Baseball and I think Major League Soccer are able to actually pull off what they're trying to pull off by having uh, seasons. Keeps hearing stories of uh, players uh, testing positive and coaching staff and, and practices and workouts canceled. And it's kind of weird because around the world, you know, most places are doing a really good job of handling uh, COVID-19. I mean, they have their issues, but most places, it seems like, okay, they have it, they have it under control. America, because we have a lot of stubborn Crazy people who spend too much time on Facebook. Yeah, we do. We we're kind of like in the the return of the Wild Wild West. You know, you've seen the movies, the read the books, how the the frontier and people. It says every man for himself. That's what it feels like. It feels like it's every potential patient for themselves, uh, going on right now. We're back to New York. Uh, officially entered phase three which meant uh, certain businesses reopened, like uh, hair salons and uh, tattoo parlors. And the, the tattoo thing was, I thought was kind of funny because it's kind of like, especially because you think about it, there have been people who probably really wanted to get a tattoo changed because they were in love with someone before the pandemic started, and then they had to spend every single hour and day with them, and they probably had that person's name tattooed on them, and... Now they discovered during the pandemic, during quarantine, that they hate that person. So that's like like one of the first things they were thinking about. Like as soon as I am able to go to a tattoo parlor and get this person's name changed to something else, like into a flower or something else or uh, some music notes, whatever, I'm going to do that. Uh, indoor dining, of course, was uh, was postponed last week. That was supposed to be coming soon. As more police places are... Uh, doing outdoor dining. I think I mentioned this before. Uh, there's an appeal to outdoor dining, but not all outdoor dining is the same. Like, there's certain places, whenever, every summer in New York, when I'm walking and I see places, there's certain places I would not eat outside in the outdoor dining. Why? Is it because of the restaurant? Not particularly, no. Because of the way it's situated. Some places, like, people are, like, walking right on you while you're sitting down and I have like this irrational fear that someone's gonna just walk by and like steal my hamburger or my salad or something I don't know I don't know if anyone else has that feeling but I'm like I feel very like unprotected like just sitting outside having lunch especially if it's like too close to the curb or the sidewalk but more and more restaurants have to do this uh, to try to you know stay in business as uh, you know, many of these companies and businesses were relying on aid from the government, uh, payroll protection programs, 
So it turned, I think some of the names came out. A lot of politicians' names were on there. And I guess a would-be politician name came up on this. Uh, Kanye West, who made an announcement via Twitter that he was running for president, which, uh, knowing Kanye West in about two weeks, he's probably going to announce that he's not running for president, but instead he's uh, going to Mars with Elon Musk to uh, do a fashion show or something like that. The Kanye West company, Yeezy, was one of the places that got, like, I think almost $2 million in uh, loans, whatever, uh, for their business, which is considering this is a very filthy rich people. But this goes to show you that we always have these things where it's like, well, you know, rich people, uh, they do things this way, and poor people, they do it that way, meaning uh, they're just so bad at doing stuff and, and rich people are doing it the right way that's why they're rich but uh, rich or poor everyone's just trying to everyone's just trying to get there what they can right and it's more egregious because people who have it who don't read it are usually the first ones to line up and and reach out you see these huge companies they're the first ones to line up uh to at, at sort of in, in queue to be like hey we need loans, we need bailouts, we need this and that. While the average American citizen is just trying to wondering, okay, what happens in the fall uh, if my job, I can't find a new job, or if my job that's supposed to be opening back up decides, hey, we can't stay in business because we don't have, we're not making enough money. So the average American is in a very stressful situation, probably stress eating themselves throughout this entire summer. And, you know, ice cream and cupcakes and cookies. Actually, I'm probably just talking about myself. I'm stress-eating myself through this issue, and I'm projecting it on the rest of you. But still, it, there's a lot going on, uh, and lots of this happening here. So we have to uh, somehow get through. And the thing about it, it's summertime right now here in the States, right? So we're having it's good weather. And you can go out, and you can get a little fresh air if you want to. And you can have a little bit of fun that's socially distanced and, and safe and whatever. But what happens when autumn gets here, and then the winter starts to creep in, and it gets cold, and you start getting that sort of seasonal blues, and you're also dealing with a pandemic. And what happens to the holidays? Now, I know that, you know, I think Rockefeller Center announced a couple weeks ago they're still bringing the tree in. The tree will probably be wearing a mask, but still the tree will be here come, come Christmas. A lot of tourists won't be here, so there's a lot of businesses won't be making the money. And so it's going to be some uh, difficult situation, you know, of what, what's happening. Now, I forgot, I was going to mention something else about Kanye West. One of the first episodes I ever did this podcast was about Kanye West. Um, I was did a... Uh, I was talking about celebrities. I've talked about that celebrities a lot in the very early episodes of this podcast in New York. And Kanye West was one, was one of the people I talked about because I actually had sort of a, a run-in kind of with him many years ago when I was down in a Greenwich Village. Uh, I was walking around with my camera taking pictures and you know how you're walking and suddenly you feel like someone was staring at you. And I was walking with my camera and I looked up I felt someone staring at me and it was Kanye West and he was giving me the most evil glaring look 
And at first I was like, well, first I was like, oh, wow, that's Kanye West. And then I was like, wait, why is he looking at me like that for? Maybe you have some kind of beef or something? Did, uh, I'm not a rapper, so I don't know what's going on. But then I realized, oh, I have a camera on me. He sees me with my camera on my back. He probably think I'm paparazzi or TMZ or something. I'm trying to get his picture. Which at that point, I thought well, that might be cool to get a picture of Kanye West. But then I was like, maybe not, because he looked so kind of uh, intimidating, the way he was glaring. And I was waiting for him. So I was kind of like, okay, let me just let him walk so he won't think I'm trying to take his picture. But he would not move. He was just standing, like, in the middle of the street, glaring at me because he thought I was waiting to take his picture. So finally, I just walked and walked past him, and then he finally went his direction. And I, you know, first I was like, it would have been cool, but I was like, I don't want to infringe or make anyone feel uncomfortable. Uh, but considering everything about Kanye West the past couple of years, I should have took that picture because, you know, he doesn't have a problem making us uncomfortable with these crazy proclamations and things. So why shouldn't some of us make him feel uncomfortable? So this is another story of here in New York City. Thank you for listening to the Man from New York podcast. In the details, you can find my information to follow me on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, email me if you have any ideas. Uh, if you love the podcast, say, hey, I love the podcast. If you don't love the podcast.